in this episode. You're in a seemingly normal suburban home. You are momentarily stunned by exactly how mundane your surroundings are. First thing I'm going to do is dim the lights because I'm getting lens flare in my eyes and it's really giving me a headache. Either way, if you're going to make a move, you should make it now. Uh, Well, I suppose the only option is to go down to the cellar. What do you want? A voice demands. You're not coming in unless you've got the 50,000 currency unit entrance fee. Yes, that was that was interesting. I'm not sure we necessarily could have pursued this as a permanent format. Curses, it was a trap. As you reach for the money, a sleazy-looking wolf leaps from the shadows, intent on savaging you to death. I, I somehow thought giant stompy monsters wasn't going to work out terribly well for me. You panic, thrashing out until you realise there's still no one actually there. Which is fantastic for me. I get to put my feet up and have a nice relaxing week for once. Or you could just walk away, leaving this sad and lonely place to its own devices. Oh yeah, let's go to a toy shop in a nightmare scenario. How could that possibly work out badly for me? I can't possibly... This is going on. This is like the war and peace of Choose Your Own Adventures. I am merely a mouse in a maze controlled by forces I don't fully understand. Yes, that's the lazy, lazy writer. Yeah, everyone, everyone knows that. But like I say, they completely erased that from the timeline, so all forgiven. If his brains ran down, then how can he talk? We have a problem. Uh, apparently, we have lost all the recordings we did for our 2013 episode, in which we went to a long discussion about the various interesting films we could discuss that year, which means it's gone, and I don't have to edit it, which is fantastic for me. I get to put my feet up and have a nice relaxing week for once. Yeah, you know what? If we'd have lost like literally any of the other episodes, uh, even Netflix is screwed... I would have said, hey, you know what? Cut the rope and let it float down the river. But obviously, we are the 80s kids, and in a season, we have to do a year show. And so if we lose the year show recordings, guess what? We have to do them again. So with the top 10, we managed to mitigate this a little bit by having Mr. Nudd along. So that was an appreciated bit of support. Doing the other films, if we'd have had another person in, I might have gone a different route, but... um, Yes, we are the 80s kids, and uh, tonight one of us has a special surprise for the other one, and the other one doesn't know what it is, do you, Ian? I haven't brought you a gift, so I can only assume that I'm going to be the victim here. Yes, yes, you are. You are indeed going to be... I, I I wouldn't go so far as to say victim. Well, maybe actually a little bit victim. We're recording this on Discord. And so uh, we will get to the reaction to this live on air here. I'm going to share a screen. Can you see that? Oh, yes, I can see it. Escape from 2013 by the 80s kid Leo. Are you, are you like constructing for me a multiple choice adventure story? Yes, it is a choose your own adventure. Uh, and I shall explain a little bit further. 
you will, in the course of this adventure, probably die a lot. Because one of the things I discovered while writing this Choose Your Own Adventure interactive fiction was that if you do it under time pressure, and if you just merrily put a bunch of stuff in it that you thought was good, you suddenly end up like, oh, I can't possibly, this is going on. This is like the war and peace of Choose Your Own Adventures. So what I did was, in places where I was starting to run out of time, I just kill the protagonist a lot. So you're going to have to bear in mind that. Uh, there are ways around this in the sort of metaverse. Where I'm moving my mouse at the moment, a little arrow will appear, which is a rewind point. So once you've gone down the wrong path, you can rewind uh, back to an earlier point and take a different path if you wish. So that is that is something that I have been told to explain. I playtested this with the wife and she found it the most infuriating thing she had ever done. And there is another bonus meta layer to this game that we shall be playing tonight, which is that all of the places that you shall visit in your attempt to escape from 2013 are based on films that were released in that year. And uh, we shall uh, keep a running total of which films you identify, and we could come back at the end and see that. I have also made references to films that were not made in 2013, uh, you can identify those two, but you get nothing for that. Just the lulls of having identified a film reference I've chucked in. So yes, we can divert, we can stop, we could talk about things that have come up uh, in the meanwhile. But mostly we're just going to play a choose-your-own-adventure based on films that came out in 2013. So maybe film knowledge of films that came out of 2013 might serve you well. Or maybe I'm just cruel and capricious. We shall find out. Are you ready for this? I'm basically trapped in some kind of uh, currently a uh, never-ending nightmare of reliving 2013 over and over and over again. And like, this parallels real life because we are literally doing the 2013 episode <laughs> over and over again, going back to the beginning and starting over from scratch once more. So, yes, yes. Designing to the fact that, oh dear, bad ending, you lost your recording, I reluctantly flip back to page one and begin 2013 once more. Yes, you are trapped in 2013 City. Let's see how you get on escaping from 2013 City. I shall read the text to you and give your options, and then we may discuss. It is entirely possible that given the time restriction of an episode, we may not finish this right now, but do not worry, for it, I can share it afterwards, and, and people, in fact, there will probably be a link to it in the episode description of this episode as well, for other people to go and, and read this death. How episode. long is this? Uh, well, to, if you want to do, if you do the golden path, it should only take you around about 25 minutes. But if oh, you don't Jesus. do the golden path, you could go tromping around in there for quite a long time. Not super long, like, but longer than an episode. You, you've basically written a novel. No, it isn't that long. There's there's 10,000 words of text in the entire thing. But, um, but yeah, you don't have to read all of those words to get to the end, like, successfully. Let's, let's, just, let's just proceed. Oh, I'm Leo. Okay. And this, he's Ian. So there we go. I've sorted that confusion out. Shall we continue? Right, okay, so as with all classic Chosen Around Adventures, the person who is reading the book or doing the adventure is referred to as you, which does make sense in this case because I am talking to you, and so therefore 
you are about to escape from 2013. You find yourself in the research station. It is a mighty stone vault. To the far end of this magnificent space, your research station is mounted upon a platform accessible via a curved set of metal steps. Books of all ages, shapes and varieties are piled into random stacks at the foot of the platform. A small camp bed is set up along the back wall. Adjacent to the bed is a small television on a coffee table hooked up to a VCR machine. There's a set of child's shelves at the foot of the bed where you can make out a few video spines. The way out is opposite the bed and the podium. A green sign glows over the door. The word exit entices and repels simultaneously. There is daylight beyond the threshold. The research station is your sanctuary and you do not like the idea of leaving. You can go to the video shelves, go out of the exit or do some research. I think I will go to the video shelves. As much as I'd like to play the sap and go out the exit, let's at least get some bit of a grounding first. Uh, you are at the video shelves. There are some videos you could watch. In the Sky House looks like a story about a couple who live in a floating house and fly about in a futuristic plane. Afterlife HQ looks like a movie about ghost police who chase monsters in the hereafter. Robot Base looks like the story of some people who pilot giant robots and fight dinosaurs in the near future. You can watch in the Sky House, watch Afterlife HQ, watch Robot Base or return to the research station. Okay, so Afterlife HQ is of course R.I.P. The RIP, yeah, One point RIP for you people. on the meta game. Yeah. Uh, robot base is obviously uh, Pacific Rim. Um, what's the yep. sky house? Looks like a story about a couple living in a floating house and fly about, and fly in, about in the futuristic plane. Yeah. Is that is that Oblivion? It is Oblivion. Ding ding ding. I saw these films. God damn you! I do watch stuff. <laughs> Just eight years ago. That's all. <laughs> Right. Uh, well, let's let's go with something like. Obviously, I, I'm merely a mouse in a maze, controlled by forces I don't fully understand. So let's watch in the Sky House. As you watch in the Sky House, you understand these videos are not just videos. They are magnetically encoded quantum transportation maps that can allow you to enter the locations captured on the video cassette. Should you, in fact, allow yourself to be drawn into the world of the cassette? Or should you turn back, pick a different cassette, or just head back to the research station? So you can eject the cassette at this point, or allow yourself to commit yourself to this route. Or will it say a similar thing for the other ones? I, I, I it, it will I say, uh, because I couldn't work out a sensible way to get the, uh, the, the program that does this to render the same text, but with a different title in. It will say the same thing, because I had to copy and paste it into each option. It, okay. uh, basically, whichever video you watch, you can change your mind and watch a different one before you go forward. Oh, well, you know... It's just uh... occurred to me, it's just occurred to me, that this is very similar to the Monty Hall problem. Do you know the Monty Hall problem? Lighten me. The Monty Hall problem is, there was a show that uh, he did in the States, uh, Monty Hall, uh, a quiz show. And at the end, he would uh, present the finalist with three closed doors. Behind two of the closed doors was... Um, oh, yes, of course. Yes. Yeah, it's the thing where there's two goats and a car. And so he would open a door and, and you, would sit, you would get to choose a door. And if there was a goat behind it, you got to pick another door. But you got, Oh, no, actually, you would choose a door. 
And then he would open a door that didn't have the car behind it, had a goat behind it, and then allow you to change your mind. So it was yes. down to two. Uh, and, and mathematically, the... you should always change your mind. Yes, I, I am aware of this because you're going from a one in three chance to one in fifty chance. Which yeah, exactly. Well, it's all, there's all there's actually further mathematics than that. It's actually better than one in fifty that if you change your mind, uh, you will sorry, get uh, the car as opposed a 50, to fifty fifty. Not one in fifty, fifty fifty. Well, in that case, so I, and, I, and in order to fully simulate this, we're going to do. We're going to simulate it right now. Yeah, um, you have chosen in the sky house, which is still locked and might be the correct choice. But I am going to tell you that had you picked robot base, that would have been a goat choice. You may now change your mind if you yes. wish. I, I somehow thought giant stompy monsters wasn't going to work out terribly well for me. So I can now change my choice. In that case, uh, that only leaves we shall we shall yield to the mathematical probability of survival in this one. So we shall eject the cassette. We shall go to uh, Afterlife HQ. Let's see if maths is is going to be a fickle mistress tonight. Afterlife HQ. So the same text applies again, but this time yeah, we're definitely we shall, going. We shall, we shall proceed in. I want to hunt down dead people. Okay, here we go. Don't resist the, the walls, rest. The walls of the Afterlife HQ form about you, giving more space to one side of you and less on the other. The television set grows until the tiny glowing rectangle engulfs you in its entirety. The offices are bare, there are no ghostly police officers or phantom criminals. It is ironic that this place, being so lifeless, should seem so wrong. So, a couple of things there. First of all, I managed to work in um, a name, uh, an alternative name for this podcast, Glowing yes. Rectangle, into that piece of text. It was text. mine. I thought you'd like that. I thought, thought you might like that. Uh, second of all, as you can see to the side of that piece of text, you have now passed the tag called Afterlife HQ Watched. You shall see what happens. Uh, with that later on, probably, uh, and I appear to have gained, a, yeah, I've gained a you have, stat. You have, you have appeared, you have gained one point of karmic viability. Who knows what that's all about? Uh, but anyway, you're in the afterlife HQ. No turning back now. Uh, so you can take a look around the office, try to find someone to talk to here, or you can look for an exit. I will look around the office first. Maybe there's a case pinned to the wall, which would be handy. You move among the desks of the Afterlife HQ. It looks, in most respects, as you might expect such a place to look. Every desk outfitted with the same equipment, a phone, a stack of trays, a sad and outdated-looking computer terminal. Each one has a different array of files, papers, coffee mugs, food wrappers and tchotchkes arranged upon it. Nothing stands out. Until, on one desk, you see a single sheet of paper placed in the centre, written upon it, the key to her heart, 731339, in red ink. You wonder what it means, and then you move on. And uh, now you can try to find someone to talk to or look for an exit. I'll try and find someone to talk to. At the front of the precinct is a wood-panelled reception area that has a feeling of being constructed at some nostalgic time in the past. A solitary desk sergeant sits at his post doing a crossword. He sits across from the open entrance doors to the precinct. It looks as if the world beyond the HQ is steeped in inky night. So you can talk with the desk sergeant or you can just walk out the front door. We will talk with the desk sergeant. Oh look, it's a dialogue tree! Woohoo! Excuse me, you say to the desk sergeant. Your own voice sounds strange, as if you haven't heard it in a long time. The sergeant looks up from his crossword. He studies you for a moment, and then his brow furrows. Where the heck did you come from, stranger? He asks. 
The station house is supposed to be empty. You think about what you'd like to talk to the desk sergeant about. You can ask where everyone is. Ask him who he is. Ask him how you can get home. Ask him what's outside the precinct. Or finish the conversation. Uh, let's start being personable and ask him who he is. Who am I? The desk sergeant says. I'm the mook who has to keep the lights on at HQ while everyone else is out saving the world. Eh, I don't mind so much though, he continues. I kind of like the quiet, and saving the world can be complicated. So here I am. You got any more dumb questions? You think about what you'd like to talk to the desk sergeant about. And the same options Wait. again. Yes, where is everybody? Everyone who hasn't got a KQ below 120 is out trying to save the world, the desk sergeant explains. There's an apocalypse on, see, and the afterlife peace officers generally got very high KQs. Every station needs a death sergeant, though. It's a whole thing. Anyway, those high and mighty a-holes are all out and about, trying to stop the end of the world. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here making sure no one tries to loot HQ. So, you could say, did you just say apocalypse, or you could ask something else. I think I will expand on the apocalypse as, as a, a, a topic. Yeah, apocalypse, where you been, kid? The death sergeant asks. Somebody uncorked something they shouldn't have uncorked. A gateway between the world of the living and the world of the dead. Can you imagine the havoc if the living and the dead could freely move between each other's worlds? Not something I want to think about. Gives me the chills. And I'm already cold, know what I mean? If you're an end-of-the-world enthusiast, or an afterlife police officer groupie or whatever, then you can find all the action down in the park. You think about what you'd like to talk to the desk sergeant about, although, to be honest, now that uh, you've reached the satisfactory end of the dialogue tree, all you can do is finish the conversation. Uh, I'm, I'm having that very satisfying RP moment when you have successfully mined all the conversation <laughs> points out of an NPC. Uh, can I just say, the mashup for this episode is going to be bonkers. I'll finish the conversation. Uh. Uh, as you get to the entrance, you remember what the desk sergeant told you the first time you tried this. He doesn't stir this time. Oh, in fact, I should have vaulted that sex as well. Uh, he doesn't stir this time, probably figuring he's done his due diligence. You pause at the edge of the doorway. What does that mean, that it is an exit only? Right, what I should explain here is that this actually allows you to write different texts depending on flags that you've passed. Like, uh, you see, policeman warned here. Somehow I've tripped that flag, and I don't think I should have. But anyway, yeah. So you're getting the text as if you tried to leave, and then the desk sergeant said, don't go out there, and you'd gone back and talked to him, which you shouldn't get. You should have got the text as if you'd just gone to talk to him yes. and then tried to leave. But anyway, so yeah, the desk sergeant would have told you this is an exit only and didn't explain any further. I believe we've exhausted all options of remaining in the yeah. precinct, haven't we? You leave the Afterlife HQ. You hope that it isn't too far to get to the park. You're surprised to find that Afterlife City looks pretty much the same as the regular city. Everything looks pretty much the way you remember it. Although you haven't been out in the city for a while. You haven't been to the park in your city for some time. But you remember where it is, you think. There's no going back now anyhow. You'd better move along. You go to the park. The park. Your memory does not let you down. As you approach the park, you hear the sounds of shouting, sirens, roaring and various other commotion. The scene at the park is chaotic. Men in uniform are involved in a pitched battle with various hideous monsters and demons. A gigantic monster spouts jets of flame down into the battle. In the distance, a huge purple vortex spins within the bounds of an enormous red-gold circle inscribed with runes. You guess that must be the portal. 
Thankfully, all of the AP officers here are too preoccupied battling the monsters to notice you slip through. You are glad you know about this portal. How would you ever have escaped the afterlife otherwise? You go through the portal. You stride through the portal, leaving behind Afterlife City, hopefully forever. The portal opens on the living side in the equivalent location to the dead side, the park in the city. You walk back to the streets to continue with your adventure. You are on the streets of 2013 City, and you've got three karmic viability now. How exciting is that? So now if that only I knew what it was. Yes, if only 20, somewhere there's been a clue about what that was, but... Uh, however, you can now go to the Russian factory, go to the toy store, go to Wall Street, go to the train station, go to the posh area, or go to the burbs. Russian factory. Hang on, I'm not. That's not my choice. I'm just. I'm just like the rush. What is that? Because I think these are all film references again, obviously. So I'm trying to think. What is the Russian factory in 2013? And I don't quite know. Toy Store. Was that a Toy Story film in 2013? No. The Wall Street. Wasn't there a Wall Street sequel in 2013? There wasn't uh, a Wall Street sequel, no. Uh, with a Wall Street film. Okay, I don't think you're going to do a Wall Street parody. I don't, some, a train station. What was the train film in 2013? Oh, the, well, a train, the train station, I will be completely open honest with you, is just a method of getting you to a train war. Like, the whole point is that I come up with this idea of an adventure set in 2013 City, but then certain locations definitely aren't in 2013 City, so I put a train station in so you could reach those locations by train. Posh area... And the burbs. Honestly, I need to get up a list of 2013 films so I can just glance over them and try and figure out what relates to what. Well, the train station looks like... I, I get some hints there's some exploration that can be done there. No idea what any of this is. The toy store. Well, there's... Oh, yeah, let's go to a toy shop in a nightmare scenario. How could that possibly work out badly for me? <laughs> I want to go to a train station, but let's, let's, let's just go for a... Like, go for a a diversion, first of all. Let's, for no particular reason, go to the posh area. You find the remains of a posh dinner party. The guests didn't finish their meals, but it seems they did have an impromptu but very messy blood drive after their hors d'oeuvres. Do you want to examine the table or return to the streets? Let's examine the table. Amongst the debris on the table, you spot a slightly sticky animal mask. You pick up the mask and stash it about your person. And now all you can do is return to the streets. All right, okay, it wasn't too bad. Uh, let's go to the burbs. You're in a seemingly normal suburban home. You are momentarily stunned by exactly how mundane your surroundings are. It appears doubtful that you'll find much here to help you with your quest for completion. Maybe you should turn away from this place. You can go to the streets. You can return to your research station. You can search the house. Shall search the house. There's not much to see in the house that is out of the ordinary until you visit the study. There, mounted on the wall, is a metal plate upon which is set a big red plastic button. You can press the button or leave the button alone. You know, if you're going to do an adventure game and you give someone a big red button and there is essentially what is a safe state situation going on here. Gotta press the big red button! You can't resist. The palm of your hand fits over the surface of the red button so easily. It was as if the two were designed to collide. As soon as you press the button down, metal sheets slam down over all the windows in the study. In the distance you can hear door, doors unlocking. Darkness descends. 
and there's not much to see, blah, 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 there's still a button there. But now all you've got is the option to leave it alone. So you leave it alone. You're now uh, back in the front room, but you can't go outside anymore. But you can get into your research station. Okay, uh, well, back to the research station, I suppose, then. You decide to return to the safety of the research room. As you turn back, you hear a soft but definitive click as the door to your sanctuary locks and you did not bring your keys. In fact, you did not even know you needed keys or where they might be. Now you do. You're just in the house alone with a button that doesn't work anymore. Search the house. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, that just takes you round in a loop. I'm afraid that you fell for the moldest trick in the book, pressing a big red button. You will now starve oh, yeah. to death in the house because you can't get back in the research station. So, could we uh, wind back? We should return to the streets. Here are Russian the factory. Again. Russian factory. Russian factory. You want to go to the Russian factory? Okay. It sounded dangerous, but now I want to do it. Okay. You are at the Russian factory. It is unclear what the factory did when it was in operation. There are little drifts of debris in the corners and vast, empty, dusty floors. In one corner, a set of steps leads up to a door. Next to the steps is a mailbox, its lid hanging open like a mouth with its tongue lolling out. Painted on the side of the box is the legend, Old Man Willis. The door at the top of the steps appears to be ajar. You can go to Old Man Willis's apartment or go back to the streets. Is this Bruce Willis? Might be. What's Bruce Willis what, in a Bruce... Russian factory. Oh, I don't. I don't see... What film did he make in 2013? And um, if you can't think what film it is... Oh, I, I saw Red. No, nope, um, it's not Red. It's not Red? No. Nope. Well, let's go to Mr. Mr. Willis's apartment and maybe things will, will reveal themselves. I, I think if you haven't got it by now, then you're very unlikely to from the... Uh, was there a Die Hard in 2013? Was there was the a good day to Die Hard. That is the film we were looking for. He went to Russia with his son and they went to a factory at one point. Uh, very similar to this one. Um, I, I have dropped off the diehard merry-go-round by this point. Yeah, it's not very memorable, to be honest. You step softly inside the apartment at the top of the stairs. It is a Spartan affair. There is a bed and small room at the back and a shower cubicle at the far corner of that room. Opposite the bedroom is a dingy galley kitchen. The front of the apartment is a larger room, the lounge. On a table in the centre of the floor is a safe. Etched into the door is the information that the safe was manufactured by the Herhart Security Company, Iowa. You can just try to open the safe. You can use the key to her heart, or you can go back outside. Yes, I had the code of 731339. Unfortunately, this program isn't that clever. But what it does do, if you've come here before going to the Afterlife HQ... This option to use the key to her heart would have been readied out, indicating you hadn't done something that would allow you to do that. You remember the note you read in the Afterlife HQ, the key to her heart. You spin the tumbler to the three numbers from the note. At each number, there is a merry click from the safe door. After spinning to the third number, there is a deeper click and the handle wobbles almost imperceptibly. You open the safe and retrieve the contents. A small roll of extremely weathered parchment on which is described, on which is inscribed, to end the evil, Clutie Veranda Necti. As you do so, a tape recording plays automatically. Well done. You got the goods. Now skedaddle, because I'll be sending this place sky high in two minutes. You don't sit still to wonder about the truth of this. You run from the apartment and back to the streets even as the factory collapses into rubble behind you. 
Okay, yeah. so that's obviously... You now have five karmic viability. Well, yes, uh, the Klutai, Ferenda, Necti is obviously a reference to Army, Army of Darkness. Which didn't come out in 2013, but yes, Oh, no, is. yes, that, that, is, that is definitely... Okay, so I suppose next... Look, the toy store still sounds bloody ominous, so I'm going to go to Wall Street. You are on Wall Street. The streets are quiet. In the distance, a neon light shines at the entrance to an exhibition of prime arms, the gun show. Down a side street, the pavement gives way to a road bizarrely paved with yellow bricks. The end of the side street is shrouded in shadows. The main building on Wall Street is the Stock Exchange. The doors are always open, but only city types can get through the reception. But unless someone looks the part, it's not even worth going in there. I can see there's some rented out options here, so I haven't yeah, done so something. You can't, you can't go to the Stock Exchange and you can't go straight to the Emerald City. But you can go to the gun show, follow the Yellow Brick Road, or go back to the streets. Well, obviously, perhaps some toy store exploration might be required. But in the meantime, let's go to the obviously very safe gun show. And hopefully Alec Baldwin isn't there. You are at the gun show. Turns out the kind of arms that are on display are the metallic kind that emit projectiles from a barrel. There are two guns on display here. They are not kept inside a container, and there is seemingly no one about to stop you taking them. There is a sign above the display. On the left-hand side of the sign is a silhouette of a human face and a red cross in the upper right-hand corner. On the left is a silhouette of a fox's face and a small green tick. You don't really know what that means, but maybe you could guess. So you can just grab a gun, you can put on the animal mask, or you can go back to the streets. I'm going to put on the animal mask. There, there was a video game that came out a few years ago where you wear an animal mask and go around massacring people in, in apartments and buildings and things. Is this some sort of reference to that at all? No, it isn't a reference to a video game, no. Um, you're meeting a puzzle solution, which is the intersection of two movie references, which you haven't got either of them so far. One of them is really, okay. really dumb. You put on the animal mask you picked up at the dinner party. A man in a sharp suit appears... Ah, Mr. Fox, a pleasure to see you. Please take this complimentary super-large automatic pistol. You receive the gun happily and make your way back out to Wall Street. From where now? You can't go back to the gun show because you've already received a gun, so you can go back to the streets or follow the Yellow Brick Road. Uh, we shall pursue the Yellow Brick Road for the moment, as I am now armed and dangerous. You follow the Yellow Brick Road into the shadows. Although at first the road is surrounded by the walls of skyscrapers and the way ahead looks murky, after a short distance the buildings end and a forest filled with a gentle blue light surrounds you. After walking for about a mile you come to the edge of the forest and the road runs straight to a magnificent city of tall glass towers that gleam in the sunlight that shines from the placid blue skies above. You approach the Emerald City gates, which are shut and locked. You knock upon them cautiously. A hatch opens in a small wicket in the main gate, and a pair of steel grey eyes topped by bushy black eyebrows peers out. What do you want? a voice demands. You're not coming in unless you've got the 50,000 currency unit entrance fee. Which means that because you do not have 50,000 currency units, you must turn back to the city. Yes, yes. I'm going to Google this on game, frequently asked questions, and get the walkthrough. Just, just, I can speed. <laughs> okay, let's go back to the streets. Okay, and let's so back go the to the go to the toy store. As you approach the parking lot for the toy store, buckets o fun. You can tell that something is off here. The E T Z and O of the sign have fallen off, and someone has strung a canvas in between the remaining letters that turns the sign into something 
much less family friendly. The windows of the store are dark, a couple are broken. It looks like when this store was abandoned, they were running some sort of promotion. Tattered signs hang limply in front of the shop, displaying a broken promise. Just like me, you can see a world of G missing bit Asian. The middle of the one sign you can actually read having been torn away. The remembered tune still sets up an earworm in your head. At the threshold of the store, you can see the vast dark stacks stretching up way above your head. You believe you can possibly hear something moving somewhere in the darkness beyond. You could bite the bullet and go straight into the store to look around, or you could just walk away, leaving this sad and lonely place to its own devices. You can explore the store or go back. Let's explore the store. You step warily into the dark abandoned toy store. It doesn't appear as if there's anyone about, even though you were confident that there was movement somewhere in the gloom before you came in. Now it is utterly silent. Too silent. You peer into the stacks, straining for some evidence that you are not alone in here. There is no such evidence. You walk in between an aisle of wrestling action figures and a line of colourful toy guns that fire foam pellets. Your footsteps clack against the lino and crunch against the broken remains of toys that have been upended from the shelves. The noise of them is instantly swallowed in the dark recesses of the half-stock displays that stretch up five feet above your head. It is when you reach the crossroads between aisles that all hell breaks loose. There is a tiny pop, some squeaking, and suddenly motion blurs by your face. You panic, thrashing out until you realise there's still no one actually there. You're sure something brushed your face, moving up, moving down. You look at your chest. You see five red dots centred on your heart. Five? You're confused. How could five snipers have a line on you here, surrounded by these massive shelving units? You look up and instantly understand, as the flash of a laser sight momentarily pierces your retina before you look away. The snipers aren't above the shelves. They're in the shelves. That's it, pipes up a tiny voice from the darkness above. Nice and easy, soldier. Put down your weapons. We don't want to hurt you, but we will if it's necessary. You can explain you don't have any weapons. You can throw down your weapons, or you can make a run for it. It's got a gun. I don't want to give it up. <laughs> well, make a run for it doesn't sound like it'll work out very well. Explain on how weapons is a lie. Let's just explore for the moment. So we'll, just, we'll throw down the weapon. You reach to your waistband and pull out the gun you were given at the gun show. You pull the pistol out slowly, holding the handle between finger and thumb. You hope the safety is on as you toss it to the floor. Sensible move, the tiny CO says. You will be treated with compassion and humanity until the end of the war in accordance with the Geneva Dolls House Convention. The red spots disappear from your chest and a small detachment of men in a column marches out towards the automatic. They are backed up by a jeep on which is mounted a pretty detailed reproduction of a minigun, a model flatbed and a couple of model pickup trucks. The men begin the task of shifting the pistol onto the flatbed. You think they're now more concerned with obtaining the pistol than with watching you. If you're gonna make a run for it, then now would be the time. It might help, in fact, if you over your own feet. Either way, if you're going to make a move, you should make it now. You can run for it, try to distract them and run for it, or just wait and see what happens. You can wait and see, because otherwise there's nothing to be gained out of this whole encounter. After a short while, the gun is placed on the back of the flatbed. While the operation was being carried out, more detachments of men have surrounded you. Come on then, soldier, the tiny CO says. Let's do this with dignity, shall we? 
Spotlights are activated, lighting the way to a very upmarket looking doll's house with tiny barbed wire top fences, guard posts and barred windows. This is the Geneva doll's house, says the tiny CO, where you'll be sitting out the rest of the war. Let's go. You could run for it now or go to the doll's house. Go to the doll's house. You march down the spotlit avenue towards the doll's house. By some trick of perspective it appears to grow as you walk towards it. The shelves to either side of you tower ever higher as you begin to realise the scale of the doll's house is becoming one to one before your very eyes. Bewildered, you allow yourself to be led through the guard post at the entrance. You swap your clothing for prisoner's garb. You are showered with a hose covered in delousing powder and shown to a cell in a converted dainty bedroom. One day you hope the toy war will end. Until then, you must just sit and wait. Wait it out as a tiny POW. And that is an ending. At least you didn't die. Well, this this whole, like I say, this whole toy store adventure, I don't see what there is to be gained by it at all at the moment. Uh, But where would you like to uh, rewind to? I'll rewind to the point before I went to the toy store when I still had the gun. Uh, Okay, you're going to rewind to there. Okay, go to the toy store. Uh, okay, so we can rewind all the way back to the street. So you haven't been to the toy store yet. You have a gun. So I shall go. I shall go to the train station. Okay, so you're going to the train station. The old city train station is an impressive building, but it is only running as restricted service today. The departure board is just a string of destinations with cancelled written after them. You do see that there is a bullet train that will take you to Tokyo, so that is still running. There is a branch line service to a rural station running from platform 5B, so you could take that train. Studying the board for longer shows no other services running. You could always go back to the streets. So you can catch a bullet train, go out to the country, or retire and do something else. Uh, Let's go to the country before we get on the bullet train. It's nice out here in the countryside. Nice and peaceful. So still and quiet. Disturbingly quiet. Eerily quiet. Through the dark, brooding trunks of the trees, you can see a green glow from somewhere in the distance. You could try and find out what that is, or you could just get a train the hell out of here, of course. Go back to the city, or you can search out the source of the green light. You shall search out the source of the green light. Otherwise, what was the point of coming here? The source of the green light that suffuses the woods appears to be a wooden shack lurking among the trees. You could head straight through the front door to find the source of the green light, or you could check out outside a bit more to see if you can get any clues as to what's inside. So you can head into the shack, check round the outside of the shack, or just head back the way you've come. We shall check around outside before we commit to the inside of the green glow. The windows that would give you a view into the shack are all pretty grimy and the green light, the source of which is definitely inside, makes shining lines and glimmers refract through any gaps and cracks in the old sash window frames. You will have to enter the shack to see what's in there. You do, however, see that there's a small woodshed towards the back of the shack. You could see if there's anything of use in there before you explore further. You can check out the shed, head into the shack, or just leave. You'll check out the shed. The shed is pretty old and, if anything, even more rickety than the shack outside. It looks like something sticky was in the vice attached to the table at one point. Mounted on the wall is a massive chainsaw with an orange chassis underneath. A sign hung off the hooks that hold up the chainsaw read, What's the magic word? You can take the chainsaw or go back outside. Oh, well, uh, I suppose it's take the chainsaw, but it wasn't I given the magic word earlier. It's like the necktie thing. Um, well, yeah, but that might be something else. But there's nothing read it out here, so you can take the chainsaw if you want it. I, I will take the chainsaw. Give me sugar, baby. 
You lift the chainsaw off its hooks. There's nothing else in here of value, so you step back outside. So uh, now you can't uh, check out the shed anymore because you've just done that. You can head into the shack or leave. Let's go into the shack. The floorboards of the wooden shack crack and creak as you enter. You can see now that the source of the green light is a trapdoor in the middle of the floor. A trio of hideous zombies are feasting on the reins of a couple of unfortunate teenagers. You can sneak away before the uh, zombies notice you, or you can say the magic word. Oh, say the magic word. You smile to yourself and bring the orange carapace of the chainsaw close to your mouth. Groovy, you whisper, and the metal machine springs into instant noisy life. The zombies whirl around and stand, sensing the nearby presence of fresh meat, but you use your weapon to make short work of them. And then I was told by my wife that I should explicitly say that the chainsaw, having done its bloody work, ceases to operate and you throw it away. Uh, But I didn't write that into the text. But I have now. Imagine I have. Uh, Well, I suppose the only option is to go down to the cellar. Yep. There you go. You're now able to enter the cellar. I'll just... Oh, yeah. Sorry. There was the bit that I said about my wife saying there's a chainsaw that goes away. You've now no longer got the chainsaw. So I'll just read the last paragraph and then we I've, can I've played I've, I've played clicking click uh conventions before and I'm used to items just disappearing after you use them once. So it's yeah. fine. Across the floor of the shack, the bloody chunks of unfortunate teenagers and the bloody chunks of hideous zombies are impossible to tell apart. Slathered in gore from your zombie killing exploits, you turn to contemplate the green light spilling forth from the trapdoor. See so, yeah, you can go down into the cellar or you could just retreat back to the woods. We'll go down to the cellar. Let's get something out of this excursion. You approach the trapdoor and peer over the edge. The beam of green light is just too strong. You cannot tell what lies below. You are resolute. You lower yourself down and your foot touches the first rung of a ladder. You climb down into the cellar, enveloped in the green glow. Once down in the cellar, your eyes can adjust to the light. Once they do, you can make out an open book on a dark altar. A light is spilling from the ink on the pages. You can feel evil in the air all around you, as if it is a substance. You know that if you can close the book, then this nausea will end and the woods will be freed. You could try to close the book. You can say the magic word, or you can say the other magic word, or you could just run away. What's the other magic word? Or the necktie thing? So mm-hmm. Uh, we shall say the other magic word. You f- the, your fear is quelled as you remember the directions you read in Old Man Willis's safe to end the evil, it said. What else could it have meant? Calmly you walk the few steps to the book. Before you touch it, you mouth the words. Every exact syllable of them, precisely and without error. Imagine being the kind of idiot that would mess up something that important. What kind of brain-dead moron would do something like that? Thankfully, you aren't that kind of moron, and the green glow of the book fades immediately. You grip the edges of the cover and close the book. When the spine straightens a heavy steel lock, spring clamps the volume shut. The closed book lurks on the altar suddenly, like an angry child not accepting their punishment. Now, in the darkness of the cellar, you can see only a single spark of light, a small silver key hanging from a hook behind the altar. Strangely, for reasons you cannot account for, it looks familiar. You take it because you believe, for no reason whatsoever, that the key belongs to you. You have no time to think on this further. A tannoy kicks into life. 
This is a five-minute warning. Artifact number 2778 has, A has been contained, but this site has been irreversibly contaminated. Self-destruct to follow in T-minus four minutes and 33 seconds and counting. Please evacuate the area immediately. This is a four-minute warning, and the message loops. You aren't waiting around to find out what any of that means. You scramble out of the cellar and race through the woods. A short distance from the train station, you hear the first thunderous claps of a sequence of explosive detonations. There is a rumble in the very earth and a breeze begins to pick up out of still air. There is a train at the station that is just departing as you arrive and you hop on board without any thought for station safety protocols. Only once you're out of the station do you look back to see the station swallowed into the crater that is all that remains of the woods. It looks as if further expeditions to the country will be cancelled for the foreseeable future. So you're back at the train station and you can catch the bullet train or go back out to the streets. Let's catch the bullet train with my teeth. The bullet train is a marvel of cutting-edge design, brushed steel panels, cool blue plastic fittings, contoured recliner seating. The train speeds through the countryside at an unbelievable speed, but everything inside the carriage is calm. The train has only been underway for a quarter of an hour when the sound of thumping and clattering comes from the roof of the train. You can investigate the noises, or you can sit tight. We will investigate the noises. You get up from your seat and explore the carriage, looking for some way up onto the roof. In the back corner, you find a ladder that leads to a hatch. You can climb up or go back to your seat. Or climb up. You climb up the ladder and open the hatch onto the roof. The train is moving so fast that the hatch is torn from your hands and ripped away by the wind on the roof above. You're not certain that you want to risk sticking your head up there. Maybe if you put the back of your head into the wind, you might be able to take a peek. But the noises you heard were coming from the other direction. What do you do? You can stick your head up facing backwards, stick your head up looking toward the noises, or just go back to the seat. I can't help feeling if I put my head up backwards, we'll go into a tunnel and I'll get decapitated. So purely, once again, using my save state state status, I'm going to stick my head up facing forwards just to see what's going on. You started this business to investigate some noises. Sticking your head up facing away from those noises would just be pointless. You stick your head up, eyes closed, into the wind across the top of the bullet train. You open your eyes to look forward, only to have your eyeballs instantly destroyed by a thousand thousand dust particles travelling at over 300 kilometres per hour. The skin on your face is instantly eroded away by more superfast dust, and your faceless head snaps backwards as you lose consciousness, breaking your neck and killing you instantly. You die. I have to correct you here. Uh, the dust particles are not travelling 300 kilometres per hour. I'm travelling 300 kilometres per hour. The dust particles are stationary. Fair enough. I get what you mean. <laughs> Yes, that's the lazy, lazy writer. The whole head through the hatch thing on a speeding train feels like a trap either way. But for the sake of experimentation, I'll stick my head up facing away. You carefully stick your head out of the hatch into the howling wind on top of the train. You're surprised to find there is a ninja standing astride the next carriage about eight feet in front of you. The ninja's gaze flicks down to look at you with some surprise. At the same instant, an Australian brogue behind you says... Cheers, Bruce. Now duck. You comply, pulling your head down into the carriage, even as a man comes flying over your head, growling at the ninja as the two are joined in combat. After a short battle, a whiskery head appears in the square of daylight above your head. Cheers, the man says. Those ninjas can be a right pain in the ass. Are we going to stand around with our dicks in our hands or are we taking a seat? 
you and the whiskery man ride in silence for the remaining four minutes of the journey. You disembark at the station and go your separate ways. So uh, you can catch a bullet train again, which would lead into a loop because I hadn't considered this sequence of events happening this way. Or you could go back to the streets, but you did get some karmic viability, which now stands at seven. What is the, what is the old man a reference to? I don't, uh, you don't have to enlighten me. You can't think of any films in 2013 or any films at all that might feature someone who's Australian in origin playing a character who fights ninjas on top of a moving bullet train. Obviously, there's there's Thor, too, but I couldn't think of a train or ninjas in that. Oh, yeah, Chris Hemsworth is Australian, isn't he? Other famous Australians yeah. who make films at the moment? The guy who plays Wolverine. It was Wolverine uh-huh. out in 2013. The Wolverine was out in 2013, and in that film... Wolverine fights. Oh, yeah, he fights his That's on the only Wolverine film I actually haven't seen. I've seen all the ah, right. Well, the other two. Well, and the X-Men films, obviously. Yeah, all, all the others. all right. All, you should watch it. It's good. A lot better than well, Dumpster Fire X-Men Origins. Yeah, everyone everyone knows that. But like I say, they completely erased, erased that from the timeline. So, all forgiven. So, yeah. uh, back to the streets, I suppose. Ha- having had my cameo. Okay, uh, yeah, you're back out on the streets. Toy Store, Wall Street. Uh, well, you've used up the train station, even though you don't. Well, you could catch the bullet train and not investigate the noises on the understanding of narrative problems. That is the last section that I wrote, the bit about Wolverine. So it probably could have done with some work. Okay, well, I, I will go to, I'll go to Wall Street now because we do have a few extra items that we did not have before. You do, but nothing that will get you into the... Well, you've still got a gun, so you can't go to the gun show. You can't go to the stock exchange for some reason. You can follow the yellow brick road, but you know you haven't got 50,000 currency units, so not much you can do here, really. Okay, let's go Let's back, back to the... Back to the... Yeah. Oh, I do have a key, so I can return to the research base. You can. How do I get back to the research base? You go to the burbs, burbs. You go to the research station. Research, yeah. You can unlock the door, and there you are. You're back in the research station. Uh, right. Uh, so you could go to video shelves. You can leave again, or you could do some research. I'll do some research. I don't know what I'm researching, but it always seems. You sit at your desk and stare into the infinite digital void. You feel as if your phone should be ringing. You can see yourself picking it up and holding the receiver to your ear. Hello, you say. The voice on the other end is calm, warm, soothing. It speaks. A couple of words and everything becomes clear. You are happy, fulfilled. Somehow you have been released. You catch yourself. This has not happened. You lean closer. Is the phone ringing? Maybe, maybe not. If your karmic viability is at the right level, maybe you could be more certain. If you were certain that the phone was ringing, then maybe you would answer it. No, you would definitely. If you knew it was ringing, then you would answer it. But only when you were sure. You could quit okay, I'll quit, quit research. That's the, that's the only yep. option I can do. Um, okay, uh, go to the video shelves. Okay, so you've watched Afterlife HQ. You can now watch In the Sky House or the Robot Base. Uh, let's try. Let's have some specific, specific in action. I suppose. Oh, so you told me that was a. Is, is it still a? Um... Still a dud. You've 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 missed the obvious elephant trap, or not the obvious, the non-obvious elephant trap. Uh, let's put it that way. But and and you will need to watch all of them. 
but I cannot say whether now you want to watch Robot Base or you want to watch In the Sky House. There is no way to tell you that. Okay, we'll go to In the Sky House. The Sky House is perfectly clean and highly futuristic. White surfaces gleam in the sunlight filtered through the tinted glass dome that protects the occupants from the rays of the sun. The clouds on Earth's surface are far below. A shiny spaceship is docked off appear at the front of the house appears to be the only way to exit the house you can fly out into space or down to earth let's go down to earth uh right then i would have said if you'd passed the flag where you've destroyed the countryside the spaceship would have flown into a crater and killed you but i forgot to write that but that's what happens well, well, so we'll rewind go to space then yeah okay you have seen Earth, and frankly, it wasn't all that special. But what lies beyond the horizon? That is knowledge only a few men possess, and you would like to count yourself among them. You pilot your craft outside of the planet's atmosphere and find a huge spaceship in geostationary orbit above the sky as. The docking bays of the starship are open, and you could easily land and take a look around. Beyond, though, lies the infinite vastness of the cosmos, and that is no less inviting. You could dock with the starship or continue on into the infinite. I can dock with the starship if I don't like it, if the cosmos is always awaiting. You pilot your ship into the docking bay and disembark. Like everywhere else you've been, the place seems abandoned. Miles of gleaming corridors stretch past empty labs, offices and berths. You are near an elevator. A terminal to the side of the door offers a list of favourite destinations. You could go to the bridge, the brig, the transporter bay or the cargo hold. Ah, let's go to the cargo hold. You visit the cargo hold looking for fat loot. Unfortunately, all you find is fat looty, or to be more precise, a few crates of fat looty athlete's foot powder. You're near an elevator, terminal to the side of the door, a list of favourite destinations. You could go to the bridge, the brig, or the transporter bay. Go to the transporter bay. The transporter bay controls are locked to a single destination, the streets of 2013 City. Seems like a strange way to get there, but you could beam down to the city, or you could go somewhere else via the elevator. We shall go to return to the elevator. Uh, so bridge, brig, well, you're at a transporter bay. Okay, let's check out the brig. I'm leaving the bridge until last because someone's in charge there and don't want to alert them to my presence just yet. You don't know why, but you figure that checking out the brig might be exciting on your interstellar adventure. You are wrong. It's empty and boring. You're near an elevator and you can go to the bridge or back to the transporter bay. The bridge! You take the elevator to the bridge. It is everything you could possibly have imagined. Endless console banks aglow with buttons and readouts in various neon shades. A vast view screen displaying the starfield outside the starship and blocky, modernistic but uncomfortable looking furniture only supplied to half of the bridge officers because the security officers will never complain about getting leg cramps. Over to the right-hand side of the bridge is a rack that contains a variety of primary coloured uniforms. Just off-centre on the left is a console that looks suspiciously like navigation controls. You can check out the uniforms, check out the navigation console, or head back to the elevator. The first thing I'm going to do is dim the lights, because I'm getting lens flare in my eyes, and it's really giving me a headache. <laughs> uh, and then what I particular shall... flavour of lens flare are you getting? Too many. There are only four <laughs> lights! Um... Uh, I shall. I, well, I will. I will check out the uniform. Well, this is obviously Star Trek Two. Uh, well, Star Trek. Yeah, Two into Star darkness. Trek. Yes. Yes. So when you dimmed the lights, you did in fact head into darkness. So well done there. Oh dear. Uh, so yeah. So that's that's a point there for a successfully uh, identified ripoff of Wrath of Khan. Uh, 
Uh, or at least remake, half remake, half bake. Retread, half... retread. I think is the yeah. word. A half bake That definitely. So yeah, there are a variety of uniforms here in various sizes. They are marked as being for engineering, yellow, science, blue, or security, red. They're soft and look comfortable and durable. You wonder if you should take one. You could take a yellow one, a blue one, or a red one, or you can just leave them be. We'll take a blue one. The red one is obviously death, so we're going to ignore the red shirt. Okay, there we go. You've taken a science uniform, and uh, and you have one more karmic vi viability at this stage. Uh, so you can check out the navigation console or go back to the elevator. We shall check out the navigation console. At first, upon examining the array of controls laid out before you on the navigation console, you don't really understand what you're looking at. With further examination, however, you realise that the controls are actually pretty straightforward and intuitive, very similar to shuttle controls you were using earlier. It occurs to you with some excitement you could totally steal this starship. You could. Or you could just go and have a look around and see if you've got a better idea. Looking around elsewhere will just lead me to the transporter, I presume. It will, yes. Okay, well, let's just, 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 once again, save state, and let's just steal the starship and go bonkers. It's now Star Trek Three. You lay in a random course and engage the starship's engines. In moments, you break orbit and fly out, away from the Earth and into the great beyond. You should feel free. You have been liberated from everything you ever knew. You have no instructions and no set direction. You also have no purpose. You cannot face the thought of going back but equally the thought of your own inconsequence against the backdrop of the vast, infinite night makes you nauseous. Unable to make a decision, you press on, ever onwards, seeking a purpose, now at a far greater scale than you ever imagined possible. Who knows whether you will attain your goals. So you manage not to die again, but now you're just a, a space I, bum. I, imagine if I just explored the cosmos earlier, I'd get this answer as well. Yes, yes, exactly the okay. same thing. Well, having, having acquired my blue shirt, I suppose it's time to return to the transporter and go back down to Earth. Uh, okay, and... cool. Look elsewhere. Uh, head back to the elevator. Go to the transporter bay. Beam down to the streets. Okay, so you're back on the streets. Uh, I suppose the other thing I could do is explore Pacific Rim, because I still haven't got a huge bundles of cash. Basically, that whole excursion, I'd got a science uniform out of it, didn't I? That was basically... Well, Oh, do you want to give me give me a, a, a hint of, of where I should be uh, heading, and we can? Um... Well, you haven't entirely explored all the options at the toy store yet. Um, I go there and try and run away, or something, or, or uh, something like that. Yeah. Okay, let's return to the toy store, and I don't know, is it try and distract them and run away? Is that what? Uh, go to toy store. Uh, well, we we would have to explore the store. And then, well, the part in which you do is that you, uh, well, you throw down your weapon, get rid of the gun, and then it's, yeah, run for it, try to distract them, run for it, or just wait and see. I will distract them and run for it. Run for it is the option that is there all the time. You reach out blindly, swiping at the nearest rack of goods. Turns out to be a number of off-the-rack costume props and items. You fling as many as you can in the direction of the shells covered in snipers and dump a load over the soldiers trying to obtain your pistol. Adrenaline pumping, rational thought temporarily suspended, you flee from the store back to the streets and safety. It's only after pausing a moment to catch your breath a short way from the store that you realise you are still clutching a comedy pinstripe waistcoat with a fake cigar and an even faker gold toy fashion watch pinned to it. 
not knowing what else to do with the items you put them on, stowing the fake cigar in one of the waistcoat's pockets. You're on the streets. And the toy oh, store if, I Wall, if I go to Wall Street now, do I look like a rich person because of all the get-up? Uh, yes, you may now head to the stock exchange. Right, well, I shall go oh, to Wall Street. Oh, you can also go back to the gun show if you want. To get a new gun? Uh, you could do, yeah. Is it worth me getting a new gun, Liam? If you want. Well, we can just say we've done the loop and I've got a gun, and then we can. Okay, just right. Stop. Oh, well, I actually have to do it in order to put the thing. So you put on the animal mask. Mask. Get gun. Now you're heading to the stock exchange. You head over to the city stock market building. At first, you feel a bit self-conscious until you realise that you are wearing a pinstripe waistcoat. What looks from a distance like an expensive gold fashion watch. To help with the image, you clamp the fake cigar between your teeth to bolster the wealthy image. Must not be trading day because the bullpen is empty and silent, aside from a low growling and the pad, pad, pad of something in the darkness. You could leave before stuff gets too real, or you'll be fine. You could keep looking around. Was there was there an Evil Dead film out in this year by any chance? There was a remake of The Evil Dead, which you should have got from all the Evil Dead stuff yeah. earlier, uh, so you can have that. But this is not a reference to that. So is it is it um, a Resident Evil reference? Uh, nope. Killer wolf in the dark. Well, look, let's hang around and explore. Otherwise, what was the point of coming here? So we'll okay. hang around. Keep looking around. As you fully expected, some rich banker has dropped a massive clip of money as they have so much they can't be expected to keep track of every 50,000 currency units or so they own. These guys eat 50,000 currency units for breakfast because of the fibre. You, on the other hand, can't afford such an expensive gut health regimen, so their minor loss will be your major gain. You can take the money or leave the money. Take the money. I have a feeling it will come in handy later. Curses! It was a trap. As you reach for the money, oh. a sleazy-looking wolf leaps from the shadows, intent on savaging you to death. It's a good it's job. It's the wolf of Wall Street. Yes, well done. You got it. Uh, you go, God. That was like drawing teeth. You draw the automatic the man at the gun show gave you and blow the sleazy wolf away. The wolf slumps to the floor dead and you pick up the money clip. What kind of life lesson is this, you wonder as you head for the exit? Is it right that you are allowed to use firearms to kill an innocent wolf just to pick up a few sheets of green paper that didn't belong to you anyway? Sure, the wolf was sleazy. He had been wearing an expensive suit and had suspicious-looking white powder marks around his nose, but did that justify killing this magnificent beast in an arbitrary one-off encounter? As you head to the exit, you catch sight of a copy of the Wall Street Whaler, the number one news source for stock market types. It's dated yesterday, and the headline reads, Wall Street Wolf puts 200 out of work, leaves nuns and orphans destitute, doesn't even know any superhuman killing machine hitmen, and so sudden death would be welcomed by all and of little lasting consequence. Well, okay then, you think, as you head back out onto Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Okay, uh, hang on. so now now you can go back to the streets or follow the yellow brick road. Was the guy who wanted fifty thousand? Currency unit is at the Emerald City. Can't go to the Emerald City, so I have to follow the yellow brick road. Well, then, no, I mean I? to the yellow brick road. Yeah, he's he's yeah. at the gate to the Emerald. So he goes through. He says you can't get in. He goes. You've got fifty thousand currency unit entrance fee. You can now give the guard the money. I'll give the guard the money. Very well, the guard says, taking the money off you. You can come in, but be careful. You must abide by every one of the city's laws or you'll be sorry. 
Before you have time to ask any more questions, the hatch closes and the gate swings open. You pass through and look behind the gate, but there's no one there. You turn your attention to the street behind the gate. Here is the Emerald City, an imposing mass of green crystalline structures. Vast yellow avenues lead to a central point, a gigantic castle whose gleaming spires rise above all the other towers of the city. You could go into the go castle. In, we'll go in. We'll go into the castle. In the hall of the great castle, the all-powerful Oz holds court. His enormous face resolves. Uh, was, was, was this the year of the Oz prequel? Um, it was the year of uh, of Oz the Great and Powerful. Yes, it was. That's why the Oz is in here at all. Ah, journeyman wizard, Oz proclaims. Of course, as the laws of Oz proclaim, I can be the only wizard at large in these lands. Guards, take this troublemaker away. Before you can object, Emerald City Palace guards drag you down to the dungeons where you're thrown into a cell forevermore. That's it. And that's it. Yes, that's it. You died. Uh, now, I can tell you at this point, you have missed out, although you identified that Pacific Rim was a reference, on the whole Pacific Rim sequence. But other than that, you've pretty much done everything. And guess what? When you've done everything and got enough karmic viability, all that happens is you answer the phone and it goes, well done, you finished. So I'm proposing that we should draw a, a call to this session oh. here. And I will tell you that the only thing you did wrong was to take the science uniform and not the engineering uniform. Because if you'd taken oh. the engineering uniform, then Oz would have given you an emerald, which then when you went into Pacific Rim, you would have used power up your mech sword to kill a gigantic the, dinosaur the engineer uniform was yellow yes that's right not the red one the red one was certain death yeah, but 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 uh it wasn't like it was green it was a green uniform but oh that's different an emerald green you see yeah uh i mean it's a bit of an oblique puzzle because of course as we know uh, the Wizard of Oz was like a conjurer who built a giant machine which made him into a, a wizard. And so, you know, the only clue we've got is that like the Wizard of Oz, you are an engineer. Uh, but yeah, so... Oh, uh, right. Yeah, that, that's a bit weird. But the thing is, I was thinking science because that's like reasonably peaceful and analytical and get you more information. I mean, the Red Show was obviously going to be... A, a, that was not going to work out well. No, no <laughs> indeed. So there we go. Yeah. So um, yeah. In order to save us going all the way back, going through that entire sequence again, just to get you here to receive your emerald and then go through a tired retread of Pacific Rim, I'll just say, save you the bother. And then, of course, once you've been through the Pacific Rim loop, uh, you can go to the phone and answer, it and it goes, "Well, what did you want? This is the end of the game." So uh, yeah. There we go. So that was it, 2013. Was the, the only thing that I would have said is that the only... Uh, well, you didn't get... Uh, oh, you did get Evil Dead Remake, of course, uh, because but by accident. Um, so the ones Well, you, you said that the, the, the train takes you to, to old films, so that's why I was out of the year when I went there. So I thought, oh, oh no, no, it just takes you to other places that aren't the 2013 city, but I, I get where you're coming from with that. But Tokyo for Japan, the Pacific Rim also isn't in 2013 city because it's Tokyo. But, you know, Pacific Rim, I mean, it's in the title. You have to go to the Pacific Rim get there and and then the only so the only reference oh two references you didn't get one of which you'll be like really is uh you know how many guns were there at the gun show was there i don't remember two i don't I remember two because you got one then you got the other one yeah 
There was a film out in 2013 called Two Guns, starring uh, Mark Wahlberg and Denzel Washington. So the fact that there were two guns was a reference to two guns. Very uh, good. So yeah, yes. I only mention it because it's a classic 80s buddy comedy kind of thing. So it was on our list of things that we could have talked about for 2013. And the other one you didn't get was um, the Toy Store, which, if you remember the sign on the door that said, Come, uh, just like me, you will be. Now, that's a reference to, of course, in a world of. Like the original song is in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate uh-uh. Factory. Just like me, you will be in a world oh, of your imagination. The, the, but I have... This was, this wasn't the year of the Wonka remake, was it? No, it isn't the year of the Wonka remake. I replaced it specifically with Just like me, you will be in a world of G.I. Joe retaliation. Uh, which is, of course, uh, why there were toy soldiers all over the thing, because it was a G.I. Ah. Joe reference. Uh, like... You know, just having soldiers in it would have been like, well, what's that? They had to be little toy soldiers who were military. Uh, and, and then we would know it was G.I. Joe, of course. Uh, so those were the only bits that you didn't actually get. Uh, although you, you had to be shoved into Wolverine. Yeah, so there I didn't we didn't see it. I didn't see it. So, yeah, the, uh, Australian Man Fights Ninjas on Train was like, okay. I'm sure that's happened at some point in cinema. Uh, yes, it has in the Wolverine, which came out in 2013, and like I say, is 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 pretty decent. Of course, many also, other films came out in 2013 as well, but those were just some of the ones that I used to make a half baked choose your own adventure out of. Don't gain anything from the from from the Wolverine excursion. Was just karmic. Yes, points. you got what plus one karmic viability for saving Wolverine from the ninja by distracting the ninja. Okay. Oh, this was a lot of work and effort you went to for this. Uh, well, you know, the thought of having to discuss, uh, what's it, bullet in the head again. I mean, it was just wasn't going to happen, was it? You already knew the answers to all of those things. And I kind of wanted to use this thing. And then I kind of overestimated or underestimated. No, oh, yeah. No, I underestimated how, how chucking, like, what? It wasn't many. It was like, uh, well, how many points did you get? You got nine points. So it was only like 11 movies that I referenced. And the thought, you know, referencing 11 movies, how long does that take? Apparently it takes quite a long time if you want to seal up all the end. Uh, well, this is this is quite... I mean, you're, you're very good at making these things obs- obscure and strange. And yes, that was that was interesting. I'm not sure we necessarily could have pursued this as a permanent format, but definitely as, as, as something... A well, bit when you lose a bunch of... You lose a bunch of a show, then... You have to get, and it's a show that you absolutely can't avoid re-recording. And it's not like that time where we accidentally lost the Indiana Jones trilogy show, where we did. I mean, it took us a long enough time to get back round to doing that one again after we lost it the first time. So you know, and we just couldn't. On this occasion, we had to discuss 2013's other films again, uh, like pretty soon, and it was like. I really can't. I mean, there isn't any way that I can mine out um, any kind of think, format. Yeah. So, in terms of ultimate format, the only thing you do is like a quiz. Maybe we can do a quiz next time. Just, just do a do do the uh, other films of the year quiz. Make it interesting for ourselves. Are you but... saying you didn't have fun? It's fun. No, no, it's, no. I'm just saying other ideas we could do. This was definitely different. 
Oh, yeah, that was, I was just amazed about how much well, you can write quickly. I, I, can't, I can't write as quickly as you can. You, you, you just pour it oh, out. Oh, yeah, this was, this was the wallpapering of writing. You're just desperately trying to seal up all the bits and loop. And I still managed to fight. We still managed to uncover bugs during the thing where it's like, oh, no, that bit of text shouldn't be that. Or, oh, I should have destroyed that. Or I should have put a flag in there to destroy this. Or, you know, whatever it is as, as a result of your actions. It's from a, So this is like a, a community that uh, does choose run adventures... Uh, uh, a writing community of some sort where they give you an app. Well, there's a there's a company them. called Inkle Studios, I think they're called, who do um, narrative video games, which are available on Steam, and they've written a scripting language for in-game dialogue trees called Ink. Yeah, so if you're writing a game that has a narrative structure, you can make your characters have uh, conversations using the Ink language, and Inkle writer is like a free thing that they the sort of promotional thing they've put out for you to write choose your own adventures which i have to say is all right it's not a hundred percent like there are a few things in it which are a bit wonky and i think you know if i i did once write you may recall a thing to write choose your own adventures didn't get as far as the stats bit or scores bit um, but knowing how easy it is to do the linking sections together bit, I mean, it's not that hard to program that. Uh, I, I could, yeah, I'm considering writing an engine myself that'll take care of the scores better and what have you. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty decent. It's all right. I have a lot of affection for Choose Your Adventures, being of a certain age and being the only person who didn't have anyone to play role playing games with for most of the time. So, you well, know, many, many days I would. I would obviously cheat because I was a kid, so I'd look through all the options to try and find the best one. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. We'll discuss this further in the post-season episode. He said setting up a plant and payoff, which, seeing as we're literally about to record that in about two minutes, is good for us. But for everyone else, they're going to have to wait for another three episodes before they get to that point. Uh, so if people want to register their dismay at having to wait three episodes to hear us talking about Choose Your Own Adventure books, where, Ian, might they go to do that thing? Well, they have a number of options. The, the first option could be to go to our Facebook <laughs> group page, uh, where they can then uh, like uh, and join our Facebook group page, which is uh, Facebook forward slash groups forward slash 80s kids. Uh, and that's 80s as in letters, and they can uh, become part of our glorious community and be given links and uh, notifications of our latest podcasts and general community things. Uh, but uh, alternatively, the other option could be, if they're more interested in just listening to podcasts, would be good to the 80skids.blogspot.com, uh, where they will find a complete archive of every episode we've ever done, which they can stream direct from the Internet Archive or download their PC for dark reasons of their own. However... Are you still there? Yes, yes, I am. I just stopped sharing my screen because we finished yes. with that. Sorry. However, if you have been a good boy and have, and have uh, uncovered all the correct uh, choices in life, you can unlock a third option, which Leo will now explain to you now. Uh, yes, you may go to... Uh, well, you may get a radio player on the 80s kids start blogspot.com which goes to geek towers radio uh where you will be able to listen to uh, old shows of ours plus original geek towers content uh, soon i'll be uploading the entirety of season one of geeks of the round table that will go into the rotation there uh we've only got three episodes left to broadcast to that first season 
uh, via podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, there's all that stuff. And you can also join a group, which is very similar to our group, facebook.com groups, uh, geek uh, towers, where you can get in touch with us there. I've also been known to stream on Twitch. Eno M. Coney is the name there, E N O M K O N E Y, uh, which um, I'm not doing a lot of that. I haven't been doing a lot of that of late, but I'm trying to get back into it. In fact, I might do some uh, choose your own adventure writing streams uh, in that. Uh, in that particular forum if i can get the time to do so uh but what i do have time to do uh, which is a new thing for me uh, which you won't hear me talk about in the other three shows which we've already recorded is that recently i've been introduced to the dark world of tiktok where i am also eno m coney and you can see me do very silly things on there i mean they are really very silly but you'll have to come and find me to check that out uh and, and that as they say is is just about all of the news that's fit to print or at least all of the adventures that are fit to tackle in a, a, a in this format uh what a pleasure it has been i have enjoyed actually this uh yes probably not a regular format for the 80s kids show but uh, stay tuned for uh, there are other places that we can take this new capability that we have this power that we have at our disposal. Um, and I guess, Ian, the, the thing that's now on your list is to go and watch The Wolverine. Well, no, actually, the options available to me are go have some lunch, and then I have to do some shopping, and then I have to edit some previous episodes of the podcast we've been recording. And that shall be my... So tonight, I shall reward myself with the you know the, the good ending of having some hamburgers. So that, that's Oh, very be nice. Good. Yes. Okay, very Absolutely. good. Well... We shall catch you uh, next week with a show that we've already recorded, uh, which is about high def. Is that right? High definition? Yes, this is the high definition show. Uh, so we about high definition media formats. Uh, but until then, it is time for us to say farewell. Until we meet again, you have died. Return to page one. <laughs> Very good.